Hi there, world. Welcome to The Feminine Critique. I'm Emily. I'm Christine. We're here today to talk about movies that list a bunch of actors and then give the credit and Nicole Kidman. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. I uh, guess. I mean, I guess that's that's apt. There, there are, uh, this week, um, we're a podcast and stuff. Uh, this week we're covering uh, 2013, I think, uh, Stoker yep. and The Paperboy. Yeah. Both of which have supporting roles that are credited and in the in the opening credits, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. So it very right there there's a thematic uh tie-in. Or yeah, there, also also that she's in both movies, I guess. It's, that's that's important. I mean, not even just how she's credited in both movies, but I I was very I was I was surprised that cuz the Paperboy's credits come at the end. Yep. I think, well, Stoker's is too, but that's neither here nor there. But it's, you know, they're like, boom, credits. And then she's, like, listed almost last, I think. Well, I feel like that's part of the thing is if you're a big star in a movie, you are either listed first mm-hmm. or if, because in both films, she does not the lead. Yeah. Is it, like, a SAG thing? I, you know. Ugh, God, I don't know anything. there's a lot of things about it. Because I think in part it's. It it's if you're a star of like you know high high caliber like just a list which you know uh-huh. you would put Brad Pitt in there you'd put him Nicole Kidman not necessarily best actors of the world but just that well known oh yeah like somebody who gets asses in seats yeah like you're yeah. not gonna be like fifth build in a credit sequence because that doesn't look so great you're not gonna even be like third build um, so it's so much more powerful I think to give the pop of like starring a couple of well I mean in what you called in. Paperboy's uh, case, it's a lot of big actors. But in Stoker, it's starring a couple of people you've probably heard of, maybe, and Nicole Kidman. I, I feel like it, there's a very strategic choice in putting the um, and this person. And then many other films do the other cute thing, which is first they say with uh, blah, 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 as blah, 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 and Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. There, I think there is a very specific arc to it of how you list your actors in a way where, like, it's like, okay, Nicole, we can't put you, we can't say you're the lead because you're really not. Uh, but we're going to still make sure that your name has something special to it, even if that's just three letters. Yeah, I mean, really, how, it, it's got to be like a, a SAG thing. Like how, how, I was just talking about this last night because I was rewatching Hannibal um, <laughs> and the opening, opening credits of Hannibal, not the movie, the series. Oh, I, I, well, I, I did just said that because... The movie Hannibal has a very interesting credits thing, too, which is... Does it really? Gary Oldman uh, is not credited in the movie. Huh. He chose to not be. I can't remember why. 
he oh 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 yes I do remember why because it's terrible he wanted top billing or he wanted like above the title billing uh-huh. and they were not going to give it to him so he so he basically his SAG deal or whatever it is was like take my name off the movie and that's why he he is not credited in that movie oh that's fascinating. Because what, what 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 I was discussing was the fact that Hugh Dancy and Mads Mikkelsen are they're they're credited in the same opening thing, but Mads is like slightly higher oh. than Hugh, and I was like, hmm. But then do, then, do they do the thing where they flip wh- whose names appear over who, so it gets really confusing? No. Oh, floating head posters do that. Nip- oh man, oh. That's, yeah, that's fascinating. I don't know. Just what goes into deciding who gets billed before who and who has to make these discussions and what contracts it's into. Who the fuck cares? Give me my check. I was in this movie. Well, I mean, That's there are, I like, for Broadway, for example, if you're billed, I believe, above the title, uh, like Bernadette Peters in Gypsy, then what happens is if, let's say, I'm a, you know, I'm a, a audience member and I bought my ticket to Gypsy because I wanted to see Bernadette Peters... And if on that night Bernadette Peters is not appearing, uh-huh. uh, I can get my money back. I think that if it was somebody who is under the credits, like who has a supporting role or is in the ensemble, and I went because I really wanted to see this person in the show, I think if you're billed under the credits, it doesn't matter. I can't get my money back. But if the person is like a top-billed star, you get a refund. Huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm, fascinating so shit. some of that translated over to the screen. Hmm... Any industry insiders who have the screen? Yeah, t- you know, I could just Google Screen Actors Guild billing things, but you know what? I'm in the middle of the oh, podcast, man, so I'm not gonna. We got priorities. Like talking about what we've been watching recently. Yeah, we should do that. Let's do it. Okay. Talk to me. Okay. Um, huh. All right. Well, um, I started uh, writing a feature over at Destroy the Brain. Yeah. Um, Call, I'll link to it in the page. Um, and it's basically the idea behind it is my mom got a Roku for Christmas. Um, and she has a lot of time to watch things that are streaming on Netflix now. And about three times a week, I get a frantic text message telling me the movie that I need to watch. Um, so the series is called um, My Mom Made Me Watch, colon, and then a movie. Oh, I love it. So the first one is, um, I think it's called Apartment 143. I think that's how it's listed it's, on Netflix. Is it 143 or 413? I, okay. I don't know. But it's uh, on my little thing when I log it in, it's called Amergo. Because it ain't American, even though... It's not it's, American, it's American. Even though it's, everyone speaks English. Um, I think it's Spanish. But it was kind of crappy. But you should still maybe watch it. Because, it, 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 you know what? Really liked it. Well, yeah, my mom got creeped out by it, which I guess says something. But it, I didn't really like it. Um, but it gave me a lot to talk about it. Like, I kept wanting to discuss it. So I guess that says something, I guess. Uh, um, speaking of my mom, she came to visit. Um, she stayed with me for, like, five or six days. And then she wanted to watch Final Destination 3. Yeah. So uh, we... Uh, actually... I like that one. She had that's the only one she had never seen. That's my least favorite. Which is weird that she had never seen that one. Um, well, on one hand, but on the other hand, that is the most disposable one in terms of the whole series. Yeah, I mean it doesn't it doesn't stay within the Yeah, but I mean Emily, you know how I feel about four. Four I know, is I know. garbage. And I I understand. Everybody hates four but me. I understand that. I accept that. You just um, like to be contrary. 
No, I, you know, I really think there are, there is one thing I really like about four, which is that um, it is that the victims are different ages. And so really are they in about, two. Yeah, but it, exactly. <laughs> two and four and five do that. And it's so much more interesting. Part three, they're all high school kids. And I really, I can't care about them. They're all very, they're just very teen characters. And it makes that movie feel more typical. Um, mm -hmm. Part one is kind of like that, but because it's still fresh and the first one, you, you give it a big pass. Uh, but yeah, that's why three for me is the least effective. And I understand everybody hates four but me. I accept that, but still. I mean, as long as you've come to terms with it. So how did you feel about three this time around? And how did your um, mom, more importantly, how did your mom like it? She liked it. She kind of did the, similar to myself when I first saw it. I was kind of like, is this whole thing going to be in a, in a an amusement park? Uh, she kind of did that. And, and when it wasn't, I think she was a little bummed out. Yeah. But um, but she she seemed okay with it. Um, I still think that she she really likes the second one, and she she recently saw the fifth one, and she was oh, floored by that one. Oh, but I really thought it because this is now going to be my second time seeing it. I liked it a lot more the second time too. Um, I still don't necessarily understand the end. We should cover some of those on this show because I could talk about I the end sure of that movie. That. Yeah. Um, she then forced me to go to the movie theater and see a movie called Devil's Do. Ha! Okay. She, do you I, know what this I, movie is? Yeah, because, um, what have I been watching? It's weird, because I normally don't watch TV live. I watch everything mm -hmm. DVR'd. But whatever I've been watching live, and it's not the Olympics, because it was before that, I have seen this preview so many times. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even know what it was. She kept saying the name of it. I was like, Devil's Dude? What are you even <laughs> saying? Devil's Dude, man. Devil's Dude. Yeah. So how, what, how was it? I was it awful? It looks awful. I didn't like it. Um, it was, I think it was written by a lady, and the lady character in it's kind of cool. There, it wasn't as offensive, like, from a female perspective as I was assuming it was, yeah. But it's found footage, I guess, because it's one of those movies that, like, then defies uh, what, like, you're like, well, who was filming this? Or yeah. how did they get that security camera footage? And what like, it comes down to when you're doing that is like, because I understand, I've, I have eaten my hat on found footage because I know I used to be the person who was like, I hate found footage. Mm -hmm. and now I've seen so many movies that have done it right and done it in interesting and unique ways where I'm like, hey, okay, if you're doing found footage, sure, just justify it. And when a movie doesn't justify it, I'm just like, why would you bother doing it it's just annoying if you're not doing it the right way. Well, and, and this didn't do it the right way, but not only that, it it suffered because it was so, it was such a slave to that yeah. format. Like, just tell me the fucking story. I don't care that you have to now show me this weird security footage from right. a grocery store. Like I don't have to squint to make out what's happening. Yeah, like, could you just sh like film it like a person? I don't know. And the um, other thing with that, too, just from seeing the previews, is I recognize, like, th all, like, the three leads I recognize from things. Yeah, and so you don't... doing found footage... Uh, uh, I mean, I've never watched a movie, like, I still find it hilarious that people thought Blair Witch Project was real. Yeah. But at the same point, the reason found footage horror films work is because you are able to suspend a little more because of the style. And so when it's like, oh, that's Matt Sorensen from Friday Night Lights in the lead role, it just, it's one more block to that format. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I guess... I don't know. I don't know why they chose to do it like that. I, if, if it's something that you it pops on instant or something, I'd say look at it. Because it, do, it does a, 
couple interesting things, but okay. overall I had it. I think I like, yeah, I scored it like a five. It's not awful, but it ain't doing anything different. Sure. Uh, my mom then made me rewatch The World's End, which we had both already seen. Which is, is that the Simon Pegg one? Or the yeah. Simon? Okay. I'll yeah. never get it straight, by the way. Um, have you seen either no, one? No, I haven't seen either one. Okay. Yet. Well, once you see w- one of them, you will, I think. Because this, the title of this movie plays pretty. Like, sure, because it, it's like yeah. grim and once upon a time. I refuse to even think. Oh, those are su- once you watch one of those, you'll know the difference. Yeah, well, eh. which one do well, I watch? I, how am I supposed to know? It's the same well, thing. Well, I don't know. I think both of them are kind of dumb. Anyway, we're <laughs> World's End. Um, you should see. It's I really know, good. Is it on um, No, we had to rent it from Amazon because she owns it. I bought it for her for Christmas, <laughs> but then I had to rent it on Amazon. <laughs> um, she then made me rewatch Twenty One Jump Street. I still haven't. Oh, so funny. No, I've been meaning to. I just Man, have no instinct yet. I love that movie. Um, I got the Blu-ray for like $5 over Christmas. Hmm. Uh, it's really good. And then I watched Oblivion, which was god-awful. That's the Tom Cruise one? It is, yes. Okay. It is so bad. Really? Really boring. Huh. Like, over two hours long. Yeah. Ugh. It, to me, it looked dull, but I know there were a few defenders of it in our community. The idea behind it, I guess, was solid. And, like, the lady that... Uh, is it... Uh, what is you, her name? No, is it um, Emily Blunt? or No, that's... Oh. I don't think... It, like, pretty sure. not American lady. Uh, She's fun. I gotta figure this out. And um, Zoe Bell's in it in the background, and they never let her talk. Oh. It's just weird. That to Zoe Bell. That was like lost. They did that to her. Like, may, like give the give the girl something to do, please. Yeah, she's um, fucking awesome. She and jumps she around a little ass. bit. Give her something to do. Oh, um, she's a good talker. They should let her talk. She's they should let her talk, and and like I don't know, even just a line, just to be like, hey, I'm over here. Uh, <laughs> the actress you were thinking of is Olga Kurylenko. Uh, I seen her in something else. Yeah, she well, she was in um the Neil Marshall uh movie. That's fun and uh, set in old D times. You mean Centurion? Ugh. Yeah. That movie can suck a dick. Um, so then I, I got the Blu-ray of Face Off. <laughs> I think I said I watched Face Off on the show before. I believe you have. I think I watch Face Off too much. I see. And uh, yes, you have said that before because then I've gone into my peach speech and then you've, you've said ew, I think. Yeah, and okay, so this is gonna, <laughs> this is going to start the posting back up on the Facebook, I guess. Um, I really don't think I even like this movie at this point. I just keep watching it. How many times have you seen it now? Oh, I don't know, dozens. Um, but the Blu-ray looks really nice. Well, that's really nice. <laughs> and finally, I'll finish it up real quick. I saw the Lego movie. How did you like it? I have heard wondrous things. Best movie I've ever wow. seen. Wow. Well... Wait a minute. What did you say about Face Off the first time you saw it? That's the best movie I've ever seen. No, the Lego movie is so good. I can't wait for it to come out on Blu-ray just so I can buy it. It is so funny and so quotable and so cute. It's so great. My uh, my older brother, uh, I saw him right out. He came, he came, I was out visiting him. And he walks in the door with his uh, eight-year-old daughter, and they just came from the Lego movie. And I was like, oh, how was the movie? And she was like, okay. And he, my brother then launched into, oh, my God, it was so good. It was so funny. Yeah. There's, so there's my 37-year-old brother who could have, like, you know, would have died to tell you how great the movie was. And his daughter was like, eh, it was all right. 
Yeah, it, I wonder how, how often that's going to happen because yeah. there was a lot of shit in there that I was like, yep, this is for me. Right, yep, right. this is for my age group. Yep, this is, yep. But uh, um, there was, yeah, there were no kids in the showing that I went to either. Okay. Oh, so good. You should really see it. Yeah, I will. When it, when it hits uh, TV. Yeah. All right. All right. Is that everything you got? It's everything. All right. I got a few things. Um, I finally watched a movie that our good friend Vishnu had been recommending for like eight years now, which was uh, Your Next. <gasps> you finally saw it? Finally got to it. Yep. Got the disc. Um, well, I mean, the my I knew going in, I'm like, okay, I know everybody loves this movie. So it's, you know, one of those like, ah, like, am I expecting too much? But I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed it to hell. It was a good, good time. Yeah. Uh, it, I liked everybody in it. Um, it was really fun, too, because and I'm like up in some of the directors in the movie and who made the movie. I can be up and down on their stuff. Um, I Did you love it when Ty West, spoiler, did you love it when Ty West died? Yes. I loved his entire, his one, like, he really has, like, one scene of dialogue, and it's just great. Uh, and just the family dynamic scene and the family dinner, to me, was hilarious. And there were so many little things that, um, like, when the daughter is saying, like, you know, I'll go, I'll run, I'm fast, I can run, I can run three miles in 23 minutes, like, things like that that were just, like, really small touches uh, that were clearly established characters one way or another at some uh-huh. time. Um, that I just really enjoyed. I love uh, uh, my girl step up three crush Sharni Vishon. Yeah, she's great. She's great. She will remember she was in Blue Crush too. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, she's just because she's she got was, a very varied career, doesn't she? Though well, it's funny because <laughs> I was reading an interview with her where she was t- kind of comparing your next to working on Step Up. And she was basically saying, she's like, well, you know, like they, um, yeah, I, I like doing really physical parts. Like I, you know, I'm a trained dancer. So, uh, but she's awesome. She's funny and she's believable and she makes a really great final girl. Um, so yeah, anybody that still hasn't seen this, I highly recommend watching it because it's just a good time. Yeah, I like it. Plenty. Um, it was my birthday a few weeks ago. Yeah, it was. So I like to do a few things on my birthday. One of those things that I always like to watch one of my favorite movies. Uh, and I don't really have a rule on that. A lot of times I'll put in like my all-time favorite, John of the Dead. Sometimes I'll watch Bloody Birthday. It doesn't, you know, who knows? Um, but this time I was just, because we had, we had done our episode a few days earlier where one of us somehow said the words, the running man. So, it happens most days in my life, yeah. to be honest with and you. And I have a condition when it comes to The Running Man and Total Recall, where as soon as those movies are mentioned, I kind of have to stop everything and watch them. Uh-huh. Um, so I, you know, turned on my Blu-ray of The Running Man, and my God, do I love this movie. Um, it takes, and this, and then I was thinking the same thing for, um, uh, for Total Recall and, what's the other one? Like, one other movie I realized where the reason I probably have such a connection to them is because I saw them in the theater when I was far too young to see them mm-hmm. in the theater. Because I would have been, I think, five when The Running Man came out. Oh, Maximum Overdrive. That was the other one that was on TV the other day. And I was like, yeah, I saw this in the theater and I was four. Um, <laughs> but The Running That's Man... That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just great. It's Arnold being Arnold and you've got Jesse Ventura and uh, it's just everything about it is working for me how, how does the um blu-ray look i don't have it uh you know i don't think it looks particularly amazing as a blu-ray mm-hmm. um it has 
uh, I think the only real feature it has is a commentary by uh, the director whose name I forget. Um, and it's an interesting commentary because the director, it's bothering me that I can't remember his name, um, was kind of like a last minute replacement. Um, so he has like a very, a somewhat distant relationship to the movie where he'll, mm -hmm. he kind of talks about it and points out things that he would have done differently if he had more time for it and everything like that. Um, but I mean, as a, yeah, so as a Blu-ray, I don't know that it's particularly It's not, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's also that, I mean, a lot of movies of, I think, that time aren't going to look that much better on Blu-ray just because, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know that the filming was the right style for Blu-ray. Um, but it, it's always a good time. Dynamo uh, is probably yep. my favorite, easily. Fireball. Fireball's your favorite because Jim Brown. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I love me and opera singing. Oh, so funny. Theme. I just can't help it. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I fucking love that Maria Conchita Alonso ties her hair back when she's in a situation where a lot of physicality is required. Because that's know, what we do. People. I really like her in that movie. Oh, she's great. Because she's so, um, she's, she's a tough broad in that yep. movie. She, uh, she has a good and interesting little character too, where, She's kind of thrust into it, but has enough moxie where you see that she's kind of, like, interested in doing the right thing, and then all of a sudden, oh, fuck. But she's a survivor, and she gets through it, and she ties her hair back. So mm -hmm. I always will love that movie for that reason alone. Um, also, on my birthday, uh, I finally went to the movie theater. Uh, I finally uh, paid... Well, actually, I didn't. Brandon bought it for me. Uh, paid for a... 3D IMAX to... <gasps> what did you see? I saw Gravity. Oh, that's awful. Why did you see it like that? Well, because I felt... Um, Do you want to just cry forever? Or? Well, that, let me tell you something about this movie. I have been trying to see this movie since it came out in April. Yeah, I thought... I actually had already thought you saw it. Yeah, because I kept... Or thought you had like, already seen yeah, it. I'm going to go see that this week. Yeah, I really thought you had seen it already. Yeah. And then, it, like, by, like... I remember by the end of May, I'm like, oh, it's going to go out of the theaters. I should go see it. And I even, like, looked up, and sure enough, like, the next week it was out of theaters. I'm like, okay, I'll go tonight. And then I worked late, and it was like, no, I'm not going to do the movies tonight. And, but then with the, when they um, did the Oscar nominations, I'm like, oh, okay, it'll probably come back in the theaters. And it did. And I was still going to go, last, like, a couple weeks ago after work one day. And then I was tired again. I'm like, oh, let me see if it's still playing on the weekend. And I look, and when I wanted to go, it was showing in 3D. But then they were re-releasing it in IMAX 3D. So it Crazy. Was kismet, if you will. Uh, so I saw Gravity in IMAX 3D. This is the end of that story. Um, it was a good story. Thank you. Uh, it was pretty much what I expected, where I am so glad I saw it in the theater, because I know that if I had watched that at home, uh, I it probably would have been boring, maybe. Excuse <laughs> me. I bet you made me sneeze. Apparently I did. Um, and I did not find, when I was watching the movie, I did not find it dull. In the, I mean, I was re I was on the edge of my seat. I was yeah. physically yeah, I, feeling things while watching it. Just That really benefits like in me. from not being able to escape it. Yes, very yeah. much. Like, just like feeling kind of the theater move and feeling like, I mean, the opening shot or the opening like 20 minutes that essentially I think are one continuous shot um, or feel like it just like feeling my stomach kind of like flip flop in itself. Uh, I know that if I'd watched it at home, I just would not have gotten the magnitude of it. Yeah. So I was so glad that I did finally say, this is a movie meant to be seen in the theaters. I'm going to go see it in the theaters. Uh, it, I mean, compared to uh, Children of Men, which um, 
was also Alfonso Cuaron. I don't think yeah. it was necessarily the height of that as a, as a film, but I think this was just something that uh, really um, was just so interesting as this is something new that you have not seen before. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a director using the fill the tools that he has right now, like in this time period with this budget with this technology, to you know n- not just like to tell a story but really to give you an experience. Um, yeah, and that I think is really really impressive and admirable. And you know, again, people, if if you have not gone to see it, go to a theater and see it. Don't don't watch it on your laptop one day. It's not that. Yeah, it's it's. I really uh, I found it quite effective. It kind of made me really upset. Oh yeah, it's 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 emotional very much. Yep. Um, all right, I also watched uh, a little Netflix instant watch movie called Stevie. Uh, this is a. Sometimes I think you have a different instant watch than I, I do. I probably do. I'm trying to remember uh, how I found this one. I was. It's February, so on my blog I do all um, movies that are about like short killers mm-hmm. or children or so and so. So this kind of seemed like an evil child movie. It kind of is. I don't want to give too much away. Uh, this it was it was solid. It was a very solid um, sort of PG thirteen rated version of Orphan in a way. Oh really? Kind of. Uh, Catherine McCormack is in it. Uh, mm-hmm. She play you know she's a woman who with her husband adopts this young girl who has an imaginary friend named Stevie who is not a very nice imaginary friend. And it never gets. It, I mean it's not. It, it's probably listed as like a thriller because it really doesn't get bloody. It doesn't. It's not a horror movie, but it can, it does get scary at times. Uh, and it was it was good. It was a like solid watch if you're in a very particular mood for something that's sort of like that level of horror, where it's a sort mm-hmm. of very light horror film. I guess. <clears throat> a little predictable, but then also just did it did it really well, so it was okay. Um, a movie that. Uh, big blind spot movie TCM has been uh, showing a lot of o- old Oscar movies and I happened to be flipping through and realized oh I've never watched A Star Is Born yeah I haven't either yeah uh, so I watched it it's really long it's I, or the version that they were airing on TCM was almost three hours Wait, did you like it because that's not usually something you say when you like something <laughs> no but I say that it was really long well remember it's me to me if like, I know you know uh, movie's two hours, it's long. I've, I'm kind of there with you now, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a shame. Well, because in part it's that movies today are just being made longer. Like, we were, For no apparent reason. Yeah. Like, Oblivion is over two hours. I don't know why. We were, I can't remember what I just watched where um, Brad and I were talking about that. How, like, that's right, like, kids' movies used to be, like, short. Like, and just, oh no, action movies. Because we were saying, um... Batman, that was it. We were, and we'll get to this later when we talk about this. But we were gonna watch Batman one night. I'm like, oh no, 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 it's too long. We can't watch it now. And he was like, no, I think it's like 90. He's like, it's this was made in the 80s. They didn't make superhero movies. Didn't have to be two and a half hours long all the time. Um, but I mean, A Star Is Born, it did, it went, it did not drag. It went by actually quite well mm. because in part it's also a musical. So I love musicals. I know a lot of people, the musicals that are long, they say, oh, the music drags everything down. But it's Judy Garland fucking singing and dancing. So yeah, I, uh, I think I, even I could put up with that. Right, uh, and it's it's a it's a very it's a pure Hollywood movie, um, and I didn't know much about it. But essentially, it is about a you know young chorus girl who uh, is talented and becomes famous and marries a star who is on the decline, sort of a, you know an aging alcoholic star, mm-hmm. and it's just essentially about. 
um, how really just about alcoholism and how he's kind of, um, you know, losing it and sees her gaining it and everything. It's really about their relationship more than anything else. Um, and I really liked it. It's Judy Garland singing and it's so I, hey, I'm not arguing with Yeah, that. why not? All right. Uh, I just watched this right before we, re- we recorded. Paranormal Activity 4, speaking of found footage. Oh, see, I still want to do all of them again. What did you think? You hadn't seen it yet, yeah, right? I, I had really low expectations because I knew everybody hated it. And yeah. I really liked 3. And so hearing people not like this one after 3 being so good was, was like, oh, man, it's disappointing. And I will say this was probably the weakest of the four. But mm-hmm. that being said, because my expectations were so low, I didn't mind it. Uh, some of the, the, there's a creepy kid who's really creepy. And so I appreciated that. Um, I thought the lead girl was, was good and was likable and was like, I could have easily been a really wrong choice. Um, yeah. But I liked her. So that helped. Uh, and I was mostly frustrated by the whole, this is supposed to be the finale. We're supposed to understand things now. And really, it le- still leaves so many questions where you're like, yeah, but who was that? And, oh, okay. So it was frustrating <laughs> in the end. Yeah. But while I was watching it, I was actually into it. So it's kind of oh, well, that's good. review on that one. It's on Instant Watch. Did you watch it? Yeah. No, because remember, I, said, I think it was the show where um, Jason was on. Yeah. I still haven't seen three, and oh. I don't really remember two that well. Yeah, you should be sure. You should. And you were like, you kind of need to see them. And I, was, and, and I think I went like, oh, yeah. oh really? Yeah, <laughs> that I mean, sounds like something I would do. Yeah, completely. <laughs> uh, it's not quite at the levels of Saw, where if you didn't see Saw 4, you're going to be like, what the fuck is happening in Saw 5? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still every each installment is very much contingent on the one before it. So yeah, I would say you should do a, a series rewatch one. Like rewatch them. Ooh, all right. Okay. I, it'll happen eventually. Right. Um, I also watched today a movie that had been on my to watch list for a really long time, but the DVD is apparently hard to find, and that was Angel Heart. Oh yeah. With Mickey Rourke and is Hero it hard to and, find? Uh, it's just a very long wait on instant. Oh. Uh, not an instant, on Netflix. Really? I, I, it's been years since I've seen it. I don't re-remember it. Um, yeah, I don't know why it's... I don't know if it's... Because I thought that... <laughs> Fangoria just had, like, a long interview about it, which they usually do when something's being re-released. Yeah. Um, the DVD has some special features on it, but for... I mean, it may be one of those cases where the DVD went out of print and Netflix only has a few left, and that's yeah. what happens. Um so, and for me, whenever a movie's a long wait, I always bump it up to the top because sometimes those end up going, becoming unavailable. Yeah. Uh, I think you should definitely rewatch it because I feel like you would, I don't know if you would love it, but I think you'd appreciate a lot of things it does. Yeah, it's honestly, it's been like seven or eight years. Okay. Like when I first started like really like hardcore seriously watching movies and yep. picking directors and watching things. Yeah. yeah, it's been since around that time. It's it's an interesting one because it's Alan Parker directing, and I always Alan Parker to me is a guy who does musicals. He did Bugsy Malone mm-hmm. and yes, yeah, and everything else. Oh, um, but this movie is it's a very directed movie just because of the atmosphere, because of the setting. Um, it's there are certain things about it that don't work. Kind of, um, let me just say, Devil Eyes did not look so good in 1987. <laughs> Uh, but that being said, Mickey Rourke is great and he's mm-hmm. perfectly cast. He is really good. I recall. Yeah. The setting is, is New Orleans and, uh, it's just gorgeous. And 
so there's a lot of things that are just really cool about this movie that I, I think you would enjoy it if you watched huh. it today. Oh, well, uh, maybe I'll have to put it on my list for a very long yeah, wait. Yeah, maybe you'll get the one I want, the disc I watched. Maybe I should put a note in the disc so that you Please, can. please send to Christine. I will. Uh, and then I've been watching a Netflix instant watch, Bates Motel. Oh, yeah, it popped up recently, and I've only there. seen the, um, the pilot. Are you enjoying it? I am. It's, it's, it's kind of made for me in some ways. Because it's Vera Farmiga, who is, oh, I love. Uh, And it's campy in a very, um, uh, and I think it's, I'm about five episodes in, so I'm about halfway through the first season. And I think it's still finding its footing as far as what its tone is. Uh, Because it could go a lot of ways. It could go really dark. It could still have fun. Um, I like it when it's kind of towing a line of campiness. And I like, manages that right. But I'm really enjoying it. It's just, it's different and it's, you know, it's surprising, which I like. Um, and then I've just been watching a lot of Olympics. Yeah, I forgot that was on. Oh, I haven't. I've been, it's eaten up all my DVR. My DVR actually pushed other things off in favor. Like, I had forgotten that um, recording a bunch of things in three-hour blocks means that that episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not going to stay on my DVR. So. Oh, I don't understand DVRs. Yeah, yeah, they just went out of room. Now, yeah. Sorry, man, I need my figure skating. How is it? Mm. Oh, God, amazing. So good. That's that's nice. Yeah, and they even managed to squeeze, like, three extra nights out of it because they added team figure skating, which was really just an excuse to add more primetime nights of figure skating. Yeah. I'm happy with it. That's why there hasn't been new Parks and Rec on Hulu. It's been really upsetting. I'm sorry. It'll be back, okay? (sighs) Tell your Olympics to cut it out so I can... Somebody from Kazakhstan just won the bronze medal in men's figure skating, Okay. That's amazing, Christine. It's amazing. Oh, God. He was an American who river danced when he figure skated. Okay. He river danced. Wow, you really, you really got my attention. Skated to the silver medalist, skated to the Adams family. Oh, that's kind of cool. And it was adorable. And the gold medalist skated to music from Jesus Christ Superstar. Eh, less cute. No, it was great. Okay. And... Then Welcome to Olympic figure skating cast. And he was like down, like really down, but he got up and he finished his program. Wow, that's really inspiring. It was. I mean, I fall all the time and get up and finish. When I <laughs> but it's I'm true. usually not wearing lycra when I do it, so a little less less exciting. But that's uh, so that's what we've been watching. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to see how long you could go on. I could keep going. Um, yeah. I could keep going about how pissed I am that the Cutting Edge and Blades of Glory are not on Instant Watch when I oh, really feel the need. I love the Cutting Edge, man. Oh, but you know what's on YouTube is their um, their Olympics performance with the Pomchenko. Man, I gotta rewatch that. I know, I know. I may just buy it because it. Uh, and they made like eight more of them. I know, really like cool. a bunch of weird sequels and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like they have a kid. And then she has a kid, and it just keeps going. And and it's the same formula every time. Um, but I haven't watched it yet. Maybe I'll watch Ice Castles tonight. That's <coughs> instant. Okay, so which do you want to cover first? So, Paperboy. Um, I feel like we're going to have a lot to say about both of them. I, I don't know if I care which one. Um, I watched the Paperboy first. I don't know if that is... So let's do it. (laughs) I don't know if that means anything. Why not? All right, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Lee Daniels' The Paperboy based on the novel The Paperboy by Pete Dexter. (laughs) 
We're back to talk about 2012's The Paperboy. Can I make a confession that I have to get off my chest first? Oh my gosh, okay, what? All right, a couple of weeks Who did you murder? Uh, it's worse than that. A couple oh, of weeks ago, my friends and I were playing um, karaoke, or were, like karaokeing on the Wii, whatever, I don't know how you say it. Oh, I was going to say, do, how, how does one play karaoke? Uh, I find a way. And so it was like, whoever had the disc of songs had a 90s list of songs. Uh-huh. And on it was a song by somebody who I hate more than anything, um, a young lady named Avril Lavigne. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah, no, I hate her. And you know the song she sings, Skater Boy? Yes, I, okay. I am very well versed in that song. Yeah, sadly. so somebody was singing it. And then like a couple days later, we decided we were going to cover the Paperboy. And all I can do now, every time I say the title in my head is, he was a paper boy. He said he was a lady. Like, I just keep hearing the song, but with paper boy in place of skater boy. And it's really upsetting. If you have done that to anyone else, you should really be ashamed of I know, yourself. I know. I'm going to have to spend the rest of my life paying it forward and making up for my sins. I think so. Ugh. I'm sorry. Anybody listening who now hears that song, uh, I apologize. I really <laughs> yeah, she's real sorry. All right, so I picked this movie. Um, yeah, you did. I did because I had read the book. And oh, I, did, I didn't know that. Oh well. <laughs> I just I was at the library, and sometimes I'll walk over to the fiction section and just be like, "Hey, what's an interesting looking paperback that's light enough where I can carry it and where I'd read it?" Uh, and so this one showed up. I was like, "Yeah, all right." I know people talked a lot about the movie. Um, I forgot just how much people talked about the movie. Um, and I was really intrigued. Uh, now this movie is, uh, quite divisive, if you will. Is it? Yeah, there are people who love this movie, and there are people who hate this movie. Really? Yes. Oh, well, yeah, it does I have a 5.8 on yeah, IMDb. This movie made both best of and worst of lists. <clears throat> okay. I know that, uh, I want to say both gents really dug it. Okay. Yeah, I, I could see it. Everybody's really sweaty in this. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, a lot of critics, if you look, I don't know what the Rotten Tomatoes score was for it, but the, the Rotten Tomatoes critics' reviews, the ones that are bad are just so bad. And I said it on the Facebook page, and I really do mean it. Every single review I read, because I was really curious what everybody had to say about this movie, nobody can talk about this movie without mentioning the fact that, yes, indeed, Nicole Kidman pees on Zac Efron. I really didn't think that was that big of a deal. I did not. As I think Rick said, compared to so much else that happens in this movie, peeing on somebody to kill jellyfish things, not that big a deal. Really? It, they did it on Friends, didn't they? They did. I know it happened on Survivor. Yeah, I mean, come on, guys. Yeah. Uh, Grow up. Grow up a little bit. Um, I will say now, um, this movie, I'm really glad I read the book because I think this is a case of a really interesting adaptation um and one that is very very clearly uh the director's decisions as mm-hmm. opposed to the materials uh what was dictated by the material so before we get i get in more into that christine can you give us a synopsis of le paper boy as oh the- man um uh, yeah. i i should just read the imdb one all right, if that's what you feel comfortable doing. I don't know. This movie's about a lot of different things. One might say too many different things. Um, I don't want to... You know what? I'm going to read... Because if I give my, my, my fake synopsis, it's going to really 
give away how I felt about this movie. Oh God, but I'm so curious. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been as curious to know what you think about a movie as I am. Oh my gosh, really? Then I'm yeah. definitely reading this. Uh-huh. A reporter returns to his Florida hometown to investigate a case involving a death row inmate. Basically, Matthew McConaughey returns to his hometown where his really hot brother Zac Efron is and um, <clears throat> really weird looking John Cusack is a death row inmate. <laughs> Nicole, Nicole Kidman writes in letters. So now everybody knows who's everybody in this movie. Um, no, but you forgot one very important character. Macy Gray? Yes. She's so good. She is actually good in this movie. I, I like Macy very Gray. Good. Um, but what part does Macy Gray play in this movie? She's like the narrator that doesn't really always make sense. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she is, isn't she? Um, but then sometimes it's like she's talking directly to us instead of someone else. Well, and throughout, she's basically narrating things that she would have no way of knowing whatsoever. Yeah, it's that's strange. Yeah. I, I noticed that upon watching. It was a little bit odd. I mean, I've, like, I was taught in writing class in college that, like, our, you know, instructors used to always try to say, don't use narrators. Because what it is, is it's a very easy... Um, crutch that thing can fall on because as long as you have a narrator it's kind of the idea of like okay i can always explain what's going on i don't need my film to speak for itself um now granted that's the kind of rule that you you tell freshman writing students because otherwise everybody's going to use it all the time yeah and in reality once you get really good you can use it correctly now the to I am going to kind of go back and forth with, like, some of the things that are different in the book, because I think it's fascinating what this movie changes. Mm-hmm. So the book is written in the first person by, can you guess whose point of view the book is from? Zac Efron? Yeah, oh, of course, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, not literally Zac Efron, because then it would be all about High School Musical, <laughs> and we'd all be, be awesome. confused. And then, then my girlfriend, Vanessa, posted <laughs> nude pictures of herself, and I didn't know how to feel about that. So I just... I want to read that book. That would be great. Um... The, so yeah, the book is Jack's point of view, which makes sense. Um, now, the, the other big change in this movie, as far as like, because I think it is really worth noting, just because I think it's very clear um, that this is a Lee Daniels film. So you have Macy Gray playing the family's maid who's, who narrates the film. And you have the character of Yardley, who is Matthew McConaughey's writing partner. Yes. Now, in the movie, he is a black British man. And the movie is set in 1969, I think. So it's, you know, the movie isn't about race in any way. The story Mm. isn't so much about that. But you have the fact that you have two key characters who are black in the South in 1969. Like, it's, you know, it's clearly there for a reason. And in the book, he is white. That character. Yes. And it's, again, like, it's such a clear... um, and I think is really one of those. St- now Lee Daniels is a black man. Uh, Lee Daniels, I did know that. I, I figured is best known for the movie he made right before this, which was Precious. Um, I have never seen oh any of his movies. I would be very curious what you think about Precious. It, Precious is another movie that was that was. Um, I know that I'm gonna have a. I really I thought he did an excellent job. It's another book that I'd read years before, and so I was. I came to that movie with it, like knowing like the story and knowing how dark it got. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think 
I might have had a different. Um, I know some people probably were affected by it differently. I thought I thought it was excellent. I, I really do think he made the best possible movie of that book that could have been made. Yeah, I've heard a lot of shit, like a lot of negative shit about that. Like people have told me straight out, "Don't waste your time. Don't watch it." I don't know. See, I don't know. You might be in that camp. You might not like it. It's very. Um, it's the word I'm looking for. It does not hold anything back. He is a director that can, I think, um, easily make mishandle material because he kind of does everything at 100% emotion. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a movie like Precious, so he just goes for it, which if you're not kind of in it, if you're not, if you haven't given in to the story and the characters and just how miserable it's going to get it's just going to feel like he's just piling on shit for the sake of piling on shit Mm -hmm. but I mean for me having read the book I knew that all that shit was piled on so I expected it and was thought okay it was brave of him to not back down from any of it now this movie the book is much um the book is very suggestive the book like this movie is very like so I'm trying to figure out how to say it. This movie tries to be really sexy and very obviously about sex and about attraction. And Zac Efron clearly has mommy issues. And therefore, all of these older women are uh, stand-ins for the mother that he's probably lusting over. <clears throat> and in the book, that's there, but it's never quite as um, in-your-face. And in the movie, like, Macy Gray comes out and says things like, oh, God, do I even, did I write it down? It was like, she actually has a line that's like, he probably misses his mother. That's why he likes Charlotte or something. Um, so, and I, and I don't know, so I'm curious for you, because um, for me, having read the book, I kind of was expecting one thing and got a lot of other things that were interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, so tell me some things, how you felt. It's in general? Because um, that's a big question. That is a big question. All right, um, where should we start? You want to start with John Cusack's big baby potato head? Oh my god, I'm so sad about his head. <laughs> he is a real- Let me clarify. Now, like, 2012 John Cusack does not do anything for me. But, like, a very young John Cusack I find extremely handsome. Oh, when I read the book, Ward was, in my head, was John Cusack from Stand By Me. That's really funny. Yeah. And that's the part that he should have played. Yeah. John Cusack's character. Could you describe John Cusack's character, Christine? He's really sweaty. <laughs> um, he's kind of always got a gape mouth. <laughs> I don't know. He, I thought he was really good, though. I, I won't. Let me not keep you waiting. I really liked this movie. Okay. Okay. I thought it was a successful um, mystery, I guess. Because I don't know if the book um, ever reads like it, but at some point you don't know if um, John Cusack, who that's not his name, his name is Hillary. Hillary. Hillary Van Wetter. Nailed um, You don't know if he's guilty or not, even though you kind of figure out he is. And, like, even though he is super abusive and awful to Nicole Kidman, sometimes they're super hot together. So I yeah. felt really conflicted about things. <laughs> uh, and, like, as much as Nicole Kidman was kind of terrible, I kind of felt bad for her. Wait, terrible as an actress or terrible as a character? Terrible as a character. Okay, because I she loved was, her in this. She was deplorable, but she, no, she was awesome. Yeah. 
Um, so I really liked it. Um, the only negative things I can say is that I didn't really understand um, the housekeeper character and narrator because sometimes she had knowledge she shouldn't have had. And she also expressed, she actually also at one point was talking, I felt like she was talking to me. I wish I could have. Who was she talking to? I feel like she was talking to a reporter or something, but there was, there was, and it, 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 it read like that, or she, she read like that for a chunk of it. And then there was this weird portion towards the middle end where it was like wait is she talking to me as a viewer who's watching this it didn't make any sense but um other than that i mean i'm a huge i'm hugely pro zach efron i think zach efron's great um me and orson welles is not a good movie but he is so good in it uh so i'm super happy that he was in a movie where he got to be awesome i thought he was great in it matthew mcconaughey i know everybody's been drinking that water that kool-aid lately he's great in it he's obviously great in it um, I thought it was all around super good. I don't understand why people don't like it. It's gross and dirty and filthy and sexy and interesting and pacey and violent in awesome ways. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know that I, that it, I don't know that I think it's a very good movie, but I was entertained all the way throughout. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was watching it. And I could feel myself, like, rolling my eyes at so many times and just being like, oh, God, like, the dialogue, like, a lot of Macy Grace dialogue, just a lot of choices and some specific things. Like, the scene where um, uh, John Cusack's character is very, is, uh, you know, kind of like swamp trash. Like, he his family literally lives in the swamps where you can't get there without taking a boat. Like, so it's supposed to be this sort of, like, deliverance land where... You know, there's alligators around you and, you know, they live in squalor and it's like the Texas Chainsaw family. Mm-hmm. But to me, watching that scene, I was like, I couldn't, I, I didn't feel like um, the atmosphere was getting across what I knew it should have been getting across. Yeah. Like I was thinking of Winter's Bone and how Winter's Bone, you just feel like you are in a different world throughout it. Mm-hmm. And even when you're in her, in, in Winter's Bone, when you're in, you know, Jennifer Lawrence's home, and then you go to, like, the bad dude's home, and you're like, oh, huh. Like, you feel it, and there's lighting that's different, and all these choices that make it really scary. In this film, when they go to the swamp, and it's supposed to be this horrific place, it's horrific because there's a dude gutting an alligator, but... I just kind of felt like it's there's so much missing in this scene that the film is not getting across that I want it to get across as far as like how scary these people in this world is. Yeah. So like that was to me like a glaring, you know, kind of weak spot. Um, The character of Anita narrating a film was a weak spot. Yeah. I I, like I said, I really didn't understand that. And it took and it took me out every time we were like, "Hey, narrator!" I was right. like, "Oh, stop it! You know, I, go back to something." <laughs> I think Lee Daniels tried to do so much more with this movie than he needed to, mm-hmm. because even the character of Yardley, Yardley being black, is a it's a really interesting choice, and there are there's reasons for it, and they come out, but at the same time, it really you could remove that. And it might have made the rest of the narrative stronger. Because at the end of this movie, I still don't really know what it was about or whose story it was or what the theme was. So I feel like Lee Daniels wanted to tell the story 
and was then like, oh, but I can, you know what? I, I'm going to add, I'm going to make this character black. I'm going to have this, I'm going to narrate it from her point of view. And there's like decisions that seem to be made that were probably really interesting to him. Mm -hmm. And in some ways make the film more, I think the film is more interesting with Yardley being a black man. But I don't know what it actually does for the whole story overall. No, and, and, and I, I agree with you. I didn't know that. And I, and I enjoyed that aspect of the film because it was like another mystery or double cross or, yeah. you know, questioning motive and stuff of a character. But it kind of adds to the, I'm like, throw everything at the wall feeling that this sometimes, like, like there's so much happening in so many, like it would have, I think it would have done it um, better to kind of streamline the information we were getting. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even what's happening with Ward's character, which, I mean, I think you could pick up on it pretty quick, pretty quickly, and I won't spoil mm -hmm. it. Um, but yeah, I thought I was making that up. Just throwing that out there. Oh no, I think. It was <laughs> and then it was true, and I was like, "Huh, look at me like, being." Hey, oh. I'm, uh, and you of all people who always make that up. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. <laughs> but what's funny is, in a way, like then that ha like. There's so much that happens to so many characters, and it's to me it's a it is a mess of a film, but it's still just it, it's entertaining throughout. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I never felt like that strongly about it being like I wasn't like this film is rudderless. Who is this movie about? Yeah. I feel like it did always kind of come back to we're trying to figure out whether John Cusack did it or not. Um, I feel like it, it did that enough to keep me, like, real positive about it, but I totally see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, you also have... Now, the person who originally wanted to make this movie was uh, Pedro Almodovar. Oh, my God, I want to see that. Give yeah. that to me. Put oh that God, in my face. Yeah, I agree. I think he would... He would. If I had to, like, think of who I would have wanted to make this movie, that's probably who would have come to my mind first. Ooh, I want that. Just for the kind of sexual mommy issues in it. Uh, yeah, and so it's a really interesting, because after Precious Lee Daniels probably had his pick of material. Yeah, probably. And so I don't know what exactly drove him to make this movie. Uh, I believe he worked with the author, Pete Dexter, on the screenplay, so it was very collaborative. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's just, there's a lot of interesting things. Um, should we talk about how Zac Efron rarely wears clothing in the movie? Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, he's pretty much... I don't, I don't have anything to say. You just mentioned it, and then I pictured it. And, well, and he's in his tidy whities the whole movie. And he's... He, somebody was working out after High School Musical, I'll tell you that. I love that kid. He's so cute. I like him. I really... He's somebody that, like, I'm really rooting for. Oh, like, absolutely. I want him to stay clean and, you know, just kind of make a little career for himself yeah pick, like pick interesting things yeah work with the right directors um you know just choose the right projects because I, I think he has he's really charismatic and he's he's a good looking kid um I, he, he was fine in this I it's it's in a way the hardest part because it's he is supposed to be the character that's just kind of watching everything. Yeah, you know when they say I, it's super cliched to say like thankless role, oh, but God, yeah. his his kind of was. Yeah, I mean he gets peed on by Nicole Kidman. Eh, I really like their relationship. I didn't find that to be salacious at all. Yeah. Um, the when Nicole Kidman goes to visit John Cusack in prison the first time, 
like legit made me blush. I was into it, but it made me blush. What was great was very early in the film, I was taking notes and I was kind of picking up. I'm like, okay, like he, Daniels is doing really interesting things with, um, with kind of the glance. Like when you first meet Charlotte, the movie kind of like, it's not so subtly, it's aimed in a way where she's wearing a shirt and it's, the shirt's kind of loose and you could just see her bra strap the whole time. Yeah. And the camera's kind of hanging out in a way where, like, you just keep, you see that. And it's like, okay, there's there's a choice here. It's kind of supposed to be, like, Zac Efron's view. And, you know, if you met a hot woman, that's, that's like, the, it's the little things that you would see that are really sexy. Uh, and I'm, so I write my notes, like, okay, you know, subtle sexuality. And then the next scene is the prison scene. Uh, and that, that happens in the book, but not quite as, um... Like, in the book, it's just he says, open your mouth, and basically he comes from that. In the movie, it's like, they're having virtual sex just right in front of us. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember if it was that scene or the later sex scene, where I was watching this on the bus on my phone, and it was a crowded bus, and there was a child standing, like, like, I don't know, like an 11-year-old kid standing up kind of near me, and clearly, like, trying to see what I was watching just Uh because I was on a bus, and I had to, like, so rudely turn it. Not because I didn't want, you know, this kid to get my free Netflix but because I was like I don't want to be responsible for this boy seeing Nicole Kidman take it in the ass on a washer dryer yeah man that scene was crazy yeah um and to, to quote uh Macy Gray at that point feels kind of awkward to be talking while they're doing this yeah that's that's exactly what I'm talking about I think that's exactly what I keep talking about when when it didn't make sense her narration anymore yeah. I really because to while to talking while they're doing it, what do you mean? They're not really doing it. All they're doing is talking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I just got really loud. <laughs> I read somewhere, and I don't know, I would like to find the interview where this is actually true, that part of Macy Gray's part in this movie was Lee Daniels' way of answering the help in the movie. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea if that's true. I really want to think it was. Uh, it still doesn't really justify her narrating the movie, but it's okay, because I didn't like the help either. Um, the... Uh, what else did I have here? Um, random camera zooms and pants. The camera work in this movie is interesting. I honestly can tell you I didn't notice anything. There is a, quite a few moments where it just, like, almost gets handheld and does these, like, really weird, like, quick cuts and zoom-ins and stuff. Um... When I'm when I'm not dialed into stuff like that, I really don't notice. But do you think that's because you were just so into the movie that you weren't noticing? Maybe I really was. I had to pause it at one point. Um, I think to, like, to make something to eat, and I, I I couldn't wait to sit back down and watch it. Huh. I think for me, I I definitely could not fully immerse myself in it because for me, Cusack, John Cusack in this, I could not not see John Cusack every time he was on screen. Well, yeah, he needs to close his mouth, too. Yeah, he's got that big head. But just, it was a case where Nicole Kidman's one of those actresses that I really like, but I find she's, it's very hard for her not to be Nicole Kidman just because she's so um, distinctive looking. Yeah. Um, but in this movie, even if I st- always in my head knew it was Nicole Kidman, I was so, I loved her as Charlotte, and I was there for her as Charlotte. Whereas John Cusack, anytime he showed up, I was like, oh, God, John <laughs> that's really funny yeah so and and i think also like there were so many things in this movie that to me just 
I guess didn't work or just felt so like Lee Daniels was really trying hard. Yeah. That, again, overall, I enjoyed the movie, but it, I couldn't really say that I thought it was that good of a movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. I really, I really liked it. I'm really glad you did. <laughs> I, and I was just so curious because, because of how polarizing this movie was. I'm, yeah. you know, just really curious where you'd fall on it and what you think about it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I mean, it has a lot of strengths. Um, I like Efron in it. I think his his accent kind of gets a little little. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, yeah. There was like one moment late in the movie where I'm like, I think he got really tired because all of a sudden he doesn't sound right. Um, but and he looked good in his tidy whities which he spends most of the movie in. I can agree with that. So yeah, I mean, for me, I think this was the kind of movie where. I don't think it worked overall for me, but mm-hmm. I really appreciate, and this is something, and I haven't seen The Butler, which I know. Yeah, I didn't realize um, that was, I had, was looking through his IMDb, Lee Daniels, and I I was like, oh, look at that, this movie, and then I saw it in Target, and I was like, oh, this is like a DVD that I can buy? I didn't realize it was out in that regard, so I, I kind of, I'm interested in seeing it. Because with this and Precious, um, I think he shows that he is, He's a really interesting director to watch because he mm-hmm. he goes for it. He does not hold back. Um, he is probably too ambitious for his own good with this movie. I think with Precious, I think it worked because it is much more centered on one character. Yeah. And it is all from one character's point of view. And I think that really helped to put all of the other stuff that gets really intense. It's all in this very understandable context. Mm-hmm. This movie, I think because it kind of just goes all over the place I think it you know it just needs to be reined in in different places but I just really appreciate that this is the movie he made yeah no. it ain't perfect but it entertained me enough it, it did entertain me yeah um, so do you have any more to say or are we about um, I, don't, I don't think so I didn't take notes on this and like I said I Maybe I, if I had had time, I probably should have watched it again. Because the first time I really was just like, yeah, watching this. Yeah. I'm watching it. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. I was really into it. That's, that's a good thing. I guess. I, I mean, usually I have more criticisms or more observations about, like, choices or the way things looked. But I, I think I was just really taken by it. I mean, which really speaks to the film. Well, good for the film then. I liked it. Thank you for picking it because it was it had been in my queue since it came on instant and it had been on my radar since it came out and I it was probably one of those things I never would have gotten around to looking at. Um, I would also recommend you read the book. Yeah. Just because I'll be really curious to hear the other view of somebody who saw the film and then read the book. Hmm. Because I would like to, especially because so, you say so much is different. It's, I mean, it just, to me, the, the book is much, is a very restrained tale. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much about the character of Jack who k- kind of has these, I think, urges, but doesn't act on, uh, he, he's very, in the book, he's very, um, almost boring because he really doesn't act on anything. Yeah. Um, but there's these, like, it's much more subtle about the things happening around him. Um, and I think it's interesting, too, to see how race is so barely dealt with in the book. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the movie, it's it's still not fully dealt with because it's 
I think there was no way for Lee Daniels to make a movie com that was a, a stricter adaptation with that in mind. Um, I get the feeling he wanted to do more with um, the subject of race and just it, he couldn't find a way to do it. Um, but I think that's also kind of fascinating and really admirable that he would bring this to a story that didn't necessarily have it. So, yeah, yeah if you read the book, then let us talk about it because I'll be, I want to hear the other side of it. Well, and I'll, um, I'll add it to my Amazon wish list that someday I'll go buy things from. All right, it's a quick read. Fine, get it in your library. Library? Do you not do you use your library? I, you know I don't use, use my Use your fucking library. I know, I know, I'm sorry. Do I have to give a speech about it again like I do no, every other podcast? I know, it's a very important resource. Okay. Sorry, Mom. Kids today, I tell you. <laughs> Kids today. All right. So, oh, we got to grade it. I almost forgot. I know. Uh, quality of film. Um, seven. I'm sorry, I, I expected you to go higher. No, I'm not blind. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good, because I was going to go 6.25. Yeah, I almost did 6.5, but I bumped it up a little bit right at yeah. the end. I don't know if you could hear my hesitation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there are strengths to it, but I think there's a lot of messiness to it. Mm -hmm. uh, now, quality of life improved upon by the film. 7.5. Yeah, um... That's funny you said that. I was going to probably go right there, too. Yeah. Because I enjoy, I mean, as much as I could poke holes through most of it, I just really found it entertaining. I It is rare, and I know this says so much about me and my attention span. It is rare that I do not fight the urge or give in to the urge to get up, do something else, touch my phone, pause something. And I was in this yeah. from beginning to end, so... I just, I really, I was curious the whole film. I'm like, all right, where is he going to go next with this scene? Yeah. yeah so again, that's, cool that you, that's cool that you read the book and you still didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Oh, and spoiler, not a spoiler alert, because I'm not going to say it, but let me just say that um, the fate of a certain character is very different in the movie than the book. Can you tell me when we're not on the air? Yes, I can. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right, on that note, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Stoker. Yay! Everybody's always talking at me. Everybody's trying to get in my head. I want to listen to my own heart talking. I need to count on myself instead. Did you ever lose yourself to get what you want? Did you ever get on a ride that wanna get off? Did you ever push away the ones you should have held close? Did you ever let go? Did you ever not know? I'm not gonna stop, that's who I am. I'll give it all I got, that is my plan. Will I find what I lost? You know you can't bail. discuss another movie co-starring Nicole Kidman. Yes. Uh, this one being 2013's uh, Chadwick Park and Wentworth Miller. Yes. Yep, Stoker. Okay, can we just say, when did Wentworth Miller start writing? <gasps> oh my god. That's Holy crap. So I didn't know he wrote this. Yeah. Okay, 
I have a weird relationship with this film. This was a movie that I had kind of heard of. I knew it was uh, Park Chan-wook's first English language. And then all of a sudden I got inundated with, you have to see this. You have to see this. And when people do that, they tend to kind of know what they're talking about. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, then I have to see this. So I rented it at Redbox. I watched it. And it was like if someone reached inside my head and pulled out a movie. <laughs> this is, for me, the most perfect movie you could make ever in the history of the world ever. So, of course, I'm like, who the fuck wrote this thing? So I go and I'm like, I don't know that name. Okay, Click on it. You. Click on it. And I'm like. Hello, season I, two, Buffy the Vampire. I said it's. Episode guest spot. Is IMDb broken? Why does he bring me to this? The man from Prison Breaks, IMDb. Look at all his acting credits. Yeah. So, so he wrote this movie. Yeah. Apparently, I want to. I want to those... meet him and marry him. Well, yeah, well, He's my soulmate. He ain't gonna do that to you. No, I know. No He's my soulmate. I think. He finally came out. So good. Oh. Oh, I really feel like that we have so. I'm such an idiot to edit this out. We <laughs> have so much in common. I edit. I feel like we have so much in common. No, really though, like this this film speaks to me on really weird levels. That I'm shocked that this man wrote it. Yeah, that because I'm watching the opening and the credits come up and I see produced by Tony Scott and Ridley. I think and Ridley Scott, right? Yeah, isn't it? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It was both. Yeah, which so I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then I see written by Wentworth Miller. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, see, yeah. that name meant nothing to me. Oh, see, I knew him from stuff. I didn't watch Prison Break, but my mother did. No, I know his face. Um, and yeah, he's in the, the Fish Monster episode yep. of Buffy, right? Yep. Yeah. I know his face, but that name, I'm like, Rrr. Well, Some guy. this had one of those good stories of, like, it was one of those screenplays that made the list of best unproduced screenplay of the year that they do sometimes. Yeah, he, he like, he used a different name on it. Yeah, he really... Good for no. fucking him. Yeah, and, and I mean... I love him. I great love to him. And I think what really was important is that it's directed by uh, Chandwick Park. And the the material and his style go together so well. Absolutely. And I feel like this is a movie that a different director would have just made a, it would have been a very different movie in somebody else's hands. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, not necessarily better or worse, but just, um, it's a very heavily directed film. Yeah. And I, I say that in a good way, just the, mm -hmm. the visuals of this movie and the framing and there's a lot of shots that could easily just be stills and paintings and um the color palette is very particular um like there's yellow is just everywhere for whatever reason and so there's the, all of these kinds of choices that make this just that kind of movie where you look at this movie and you're equally interested in the director as you are the writer i think yes i agree yeah but i knew it was gonna look nice sure because i kind of just was like it's gonna be beautiful because yeah, that's what's gonna happen um, it's really we, pretty. Why don't we tell the fine folks at home what this movie's about? Um, okay. Um. <laughs> you want me to do it? I'd yeah, do it, because I can't talk about this movie objectively. Don't talk about this movie. So, there's a girl named... India? India. India Stoker. I was going to say Darlene Connor, because the whole movie, she kind of reminded me of, like, a more... No! Connor. 
Oh, really? No. Yes. So she's so Sarah Gilbert in this movie. It's fine. It's a good thing. Um, so India is the daughter of Nicole Kidman, who's very uh, rich and kind of um, ditzy. Uh, and Dermot Mulroney, who in the very first scene dies on India's birthday in a terrible car crash. Uh, and so at the funeral, the ladies are visited by Uncle Charlie, who was their uh, her father's younger brother, who they didn't know much about. And Charlie is uh, very charming and very handsome. And uh, instantly, Nicole Kidman is kind of taken with him. And whereas India is very unsure how to feel about him. And so throughout the movie, we learn how she should feel about him or how she shouldn't feel about him and all these other secrets and stuff. Yeah, lots of secrets. This is a movie filled with secrets. Uh, also, some really gross stuff. Like, I did not need to see a blister being popped in close-up in the opening credits. Yeah, you did. I didn't. That was unnecessary. I don't like that on my screen. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mind it at all. Okay. I mean, I understand it was actually quite significant, because if you wear saddle shoes without socks, and those saddle That's very shoes true. are getting too small, you are going to get blisters. It's very true. It's and, very true. Yes, and these saddle shoes are actually very important thematically to the movie. Because India is a very unusual girl. She is. Um, she does not have any friends. Uh, she's definitely an outcast at school, but is mm -hmm. also very pretty. Um, so some of the boys like her, but they don't know how to express that, so they bully her, because that's what boys do. One of the boys, Lucas Till, who plays Havoc in first class. Ah, well, I did not know that. There you go. Fun fact of the day. Um, and now you have Matthew Good, uh, who... Played Ozymandias in The Watchmen. Yeah, and in that, I, I'm trying to think what if I've seen him in anything. I've seen him in other things, I must have. See, in Watchmen, I just had the problem with him, and it's not his fault. It was the problem I had with half of the cast in that movie, which was that they were too young. And I do think he was miscast in Watchmen. Um, but I did like him in... Matchpoint. Oh, he's very good in Matchpoint. I haven't seen that. I think you would like it. It's very noirish. Yeah, yeah. I've heard really good things about it. Yeah. Oh, wait, he's in a single man. Yeah, I have seen something else he was in. I forgot. Okay. Uh, he is... Uh, this is one of those parts that I think both leads, actually, were kind of recast at the last minute. Supposedly, it was supposed to be Jodie Foster and Colin Firth. I, I saw the Colin Firth thing. Um, I don't think I would have been into that, to be honest with well, you. Colin Firth is older. And I think that Matthew Good, who I guess in the movie is only supposed to be, like, if you think about it, um, it's probably supposed to be, like, 30. Like, he's not supposed to be that old. No, he's not, because if you look at later on when, when they're showing pictures of um, him and his brother as children, he was nine when, um, when, he, the, uh, when, the, other one was, when the other one was 18. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he was... And it, it's also more fitting for him to be closer in age because it, even though um, the whole, like, what, whatever's going on, which is attraction and, and non-attraction and all this stuff, mm -hmm. it's, it's not, you're not supposed to, I think, not be, like, kind of icked out. But with him being the age he is, it's where it's, that's less distracting. It's supposed to make you feel not good but it's not supposed to make you completely turned off to the idea. Yeah, and also the fact that Nicole Kidman and Colin Firth, if you put them in a scene together, they look about the same age, probably. 
Uh, whereas in this, Nicole Kidman is clearly older than Matthew Good. And Absolutely. It gives that relationship a very clear kind of imbalance that makes her look kind of silly, which I think she is completely supposed to. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, she, I, I will start first, but she is great in this. She's amazing. Yeah. She, um, she's really sad and shocking. And I, I feel like at points in this movie, um, it, it, I've read that it's supposed to be a sort of horror film, um, but like not in a, you know, not in a classic yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like a lot of times she's, she's us. Like, she asks, to, especially at the very end, she says the things that we don't understand. She asks That's the questions, point. like, what, what is this kind of yeah. stuff? Like, we don't really know. We only know from loaded glances and, right. and like, really strange overtones that were, like, I don't really... So I really like the way she handled that because she was cold and kind of a bitch. Yep. And her husband has just died, as you mentioned, and she's making really strange choices. And I think towards the end of the movie, um, it's more obvious that those choices were motivated by grief rather than her being awful. Yeah. And um, I think she handles it really nicely. She does. And I think there are few actresses that can play rich bitch better than Nicole Kidman. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And again, to look at, to compare her and Sto uh, Stoker and in The Paperboy, where, I mean, you could, you could make connections between the parts, but they're so different. Um, and so it's, it's great to see an, an actress who I think I know, cause I know I complain about it too. She's somebody who, because of kind of the Botox she gets and kind of what she's done physically to keep herself mm -hmm. looking young, um, can get very stuck where she always does. She doesn't always look right. And isn't always cast right because to her, to an extent she's limited because she is six feet tall and pointy looking. You can't put her in certain films that she gets cast in. But I think, A, she always makes interesting choices. So even if I think she's the wrong choice for the part, um, usually it's, I like the movie. I just sometimes think she's wrong for it. But also when she gets the right part, she's really fucking good. And I, I mean, she, she's great in this. She really is because like to say that there's a lot of parts she can't play. It, also the flip of that is there's a lot of people that couldn't play this part. Yes. There, you, you couldn't there's not too many other people you could have plugged into this and, and, and still have someone that's going to affect that same air yeah. of like odd entitlement and yep. um, it, it, you believe it you believe that this is this this really pretty you know sheltered trained woman that is just kind of rotting in this house yep she really she really plays it very well yeah absolutely um, and then we have, really in the lead part, we have Mia Wojciechowska. Who I love. That's beautiful, by the way. Did, did I do it right? I don't know, something like that. Practicing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's one of those like young actresses that, again, the way we were rooting for Zac Efron, um, I mean, I think it's, she's gonna, she'll, she'll go on. She'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. She's very talented. She's very pretty. She's made interesting choices on, I mean, on top of, like, Alice in Wonderland. Anyway, which, if I were which, like she's fine in it. somebody offered me the lead in a big budget Tim Burton movie, I'm not sniffing, even if the movie's shit. Yeah, I mean, she was fine in that. Everybody was fine in it. It was just, I'm not really into that movie. Yeah. But she's in, um, um, what is that movie? She's, oh, the adaptation of Jane Eyre with right. Michael Fassbender in it. She's stupendous in that. Yeah. 
Um, and so, and she has a tough role because it's a very stoic part. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the kind of role that requires um, an actress that can really hold you at, hold a mystery, I guess, because she's so hard to read. Yeah, you do not know. Um, you really have no idea where she stands, and it's fascinating. Because just when you kind of think you, you understand what she's thinking, she does something else. And you're like, oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. And it's a, this is the kind of movie that like I look forward to rewatching sometime down the, down the road to kind of pay more attention to her performance and see where and if some of those beats can be picked up on. And yeah. where her as a character picks up on some of them. It's you do definitely when you kind of know what's going to happen and you watch it again because this is the third time I've seen it. You kind of um, you do pick up on things and you're like, well, that look could be read this way, but it also yeah. could be read that way type of stuff. Yeah, it's it's one of those like really I think this is a very juicy film in that yeah. sense where there's a lot that I think because just and and my first viewing of it, I was also like so taken by like the house is gorgeous, but it's so yeah. and it's so. Um, like the production design is so great because you have this this like mansion, but there's no personality in it. Yeah. Like you have like India's bedroom that has this gorgeous bed, but there's no posters on the wall and there's no like sign of this being a teenage girl's oh, room. Yeah, it definitely exists in this. The house itself and that family exists in this really weird, classic, overstylized world, and oh, it's for, yeah, so the- in. It's interesting when they like let her go to school. Like I was kind of oh, yeah. surprised the first time I watched it. Like, like oh, it's gonna leave this. It's you're there, she's gonna go to school and hey, everybody kind of looks like a regular seventeen year old. That moment, modern seventeen year old. Yeah, it's crazy. I think that's the first time you really have any realization that it's set in present day. Yeah, and that's a good like thirty minutes into the movie because mm-hmm. just- you can't really tell. It's yeah. so it's so like I said, so classic and yeah. so yeah, it's weird. You, you're at a funeral where clothing that you'd wear to a funeral thirty years ago isn't that different from what you'd wear now. And after that, you're in the house. You're you're dealing with an older set of characters for the most part. So mm-hmm. you know, if you're a wealthy sixty year old woman, again, I really have no way of knowing what time period is based on looking at you. So yeah, that moment where she goes to school and there's kids like speaking like 2013 teenagers is really yeah. jarring. Uh, so it's weird. And then like likewise with that, when you get out of that setting, um, when you go from the Stoker house to when Jackie Weaver shows up and then she goes to stay in a really shitty hotel. Yeah. It's so jarring because this, this hotel room that the camera just, it's a really funny cut to her in this hotel room that's just covered with ugly paintings and shipping wallpaper. And instantly it's funny because it's so different from the environment you've just been in. Mm-hmm. And it, the movie does, because it, I think it is so sparse, it's all of everything, all the visuals pop so much. Like, because you, there is nothing on the walls that like you remember saddle shoes and you remember yeah. the headboard and, just all these little visuals that just stick with you. Yeah. Your, your, eye, your eye is really being guided. Like, oh, yeah. there are certain things that you're supposed to see, yep. even if they're not in the center of the... Like yeah. the belt, which, yep. is, you know, we're not spoiling anything, but there's a belt. It's a very important prop in the movie. And 
even like once, even before it's used in a way that's going to be important, mm-hmm. um, like you've recognized it, you've seen it, and it's you've noticed it. And the same for really like all the costume choices too in this movie are just very, very deliberate in, yep. in a way that could be um, could be annoying or too in your face. But because this movie um, says so little and doesn't force any of that on you, it just yeah. works. Um, let's see. Um, yeah. I'm looking at my notes. They include Darlene Connor, yellow, pencil sharpening. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. So for me, this movie is really, um, about the themes that it explores, um, kind of a nature versus nurture thing. Um, you know, becoming a woman in a very interesting way. Um, the sexuality in this movie is fascinating. It's a little, it's a little depraved and a little Mm -hmm. twisted and really interesting. And, but it never goes where you would expect it to. Correct. I was, there's a certain scene that I think is a bit shocking. I didn't expect it to do what it did. And I was thrilled that it did because only in my wildest dreams would they be doing this. (laughs) And then they did. Um, It's, I hate when people say things like it was really daring. It was really (laughs) daring. (laughs) And good for that, that Mia girl. She's fucking awesome. Yeah, she is. Um, And also it's, when I first watched it, I kind of did the, I think I tweeted, um, anybody else watch Stoker? And, and it feels a lot like a Hitchcock movie. And then I decided to Google it. And I guess it, the intention was to make this be kind of like a, t- a modern take on Shadow of a Doubt, which is one of my favorite Hitchcock's, Hitchcock film. I meant to rewatch it before the show so I could do all the correlations and shit. I haven't seen it in years. But um, I think that's amazing and fascinating. It's like shadow of a doubt fan fiction it's like <laughs> if you were like i want to i want to take this idea of this family and this uncle who comes in and he tries to he tries to influence this 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 young girl who's still trying to find herself it's like somebody took that outline and fucking made this movie and it's crazy that this is what they came up with because it is so interesting and, and there is this one element that is ultimately the most important element of the movie and unfortunately we can't really say it without spoiling that, um, and I don't know if this was in Shadow of the Doubt or this is a part of it, but it, it's really a vital piece of the movie and it involves, um, you know, uh, India's character. Yeah, I, they make a choice with India in this that I don't think any, any film of, of, you know, Hitchcock era would have made with Certainly a female character. during the Hays Code. Yeah, no, they, she... It's, it's very interesting what they do. Um, clearly... India's father had an inkling of... It felt kind of like in a Dexter way. Oh, God, yes. Um, India's father had an inkling of what was what she was capable of. For some reason, her uncle, who had never met her, did as well. And it's like these two opposing forces trying to shape this child. And in the end, she becomes this completely different entity than either one of them really wanted. Yeah, it's a great ending. It's fucking amazing. It's really great. And it's this movie is too. so good. Yeah. Because, I mean, the movie has some chuckles throughout it. Um, but And I think that's something that's really important, is that if you made this movie, um, 
I think a lot of directors would have tried to make it humorless and yeah. to go purely for the drama, the thriller, the sexuality. But because there's like a little bit of a wink in a couple of spots and kind of throughout where like quite a few times in this movie, I kind of chuckled and yeah. it ends on a note that's just ultimately really funny. Mm -hmm. Can and I ask you um, if you laughed the part where they're at the dinner table and in a previous scene, they had asked India if she wanted to play something for them, and oh, and Nicole Kidman no, was like you. was like no thank you. And then when when um, both yeah. of Nicole Kidman and her asked, and they both answered no thank you, so funny. Oh, I laughed. Yes, believe really me, I laughed funny. That. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was. I mean, there's a lot. If I and again, something if I rewatched it, I think I'd pull out more. But yeah, I chuckled quite a lot. A lot of it was probably at things Nicole Kidman's character said. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of it was just kind of in visuals that were just done in kind of a really cute winking way that, you know, I mean, and it does some great things with ice cream. Yeah, that whole thing was, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, there's, and, and yet at the same time, there's like a, her, one of the most horrific shots I think I've seen in a movie in, in a while. And it involves a playground. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, and a moment of triumph, if you will. Mm -hmm. That's just, just just awful and appalling. Um, and so, yeah, and it's so it's very, <clears throat> it's a very unusual movie, and it's not a movie that I can easily compare to something else, which I love, and which is something that when I can say about a movie, I'm it's usually a really good thing. Yeah, it means this this is a movie made with this is a fresh movie. You know, it does not feel derivative of anything I can think of. Mm -hmm. And that, I, mean, I, that, I agree. Yeah. 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 I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm so glad. Yeah. Um, I, I obviously did. Like I said, I wish we could talk about all the stuff. Um, I really, really feel like if somebody was like, Christine, I've thought long and hard about this and I made you a movie. I, and I would be like, oh, my God, thank you so much for making me this movie. I think Vishnu was the one who really wouldn't let up with how much I, he thought I would enjoy this. Um, and I really I really appreciate that because it, it really makes me feel like people have listened to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, I knew you'd recommended it, so I knew it was your movie. But, yeah, it was a movie, too, like, where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is such a Christine movie. Part of it, too, was that... I think if I were, like, casting this movie based on, like, what I knew about it, you know who I probably would have thought of to play Uncle Charlie? Who? Would have been Fassbender. Oh, uh, I'd watch the hell out of that movie. Well, I know you would. <laughs> but, with, the, with the piano scene. Oh, man. But Matthew Good is, like, super creepy. Oh, I think he's creepy all the time. He's and, um... Creepy. And he really, he's really creepy in this. I think the first... He's so preppy. Like... Ugh, yeah, I want to punch his face. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's like, yeah, it's like in Fight Club. Like, I want to destroy something beautiful. Yeah. He should, he's, he should be in the reason. He's always got this look on his face. And the... Like, um, and I, it, they say that they were going for a horror movie feel with it. And it really, truly does. Like, I, at first question, not to spoil anything that... But if, if it was supernatural, if there was going to be a supernatural element, uh, uh, probably until the middle of the movie, because it really feels like it. Oh, yeah. I had no idea where, like, other than, like, knowing, okay, something's weird about Charlie, like, mm -hmm. I really didn't know where it was going to go at all. Um, and there were a lot of different kind of paths in my head I thought it would go down. Um, and this one worked. But, yeah. you know, I mean, that was something else that I really appreciated about it was that I did not know what would happen next. 
Um, I mean, do you, do you want to put a spoiler alert on now and talk about some things? Um, it's, I, I, we could. I mean, I think we've we've touched on a lot I think, yeah, I think of we've stuff. Been able to talk talk around everything we needed to talk. About. I hope that people will watch this if they have. Yeah. Um, it's not what I think a lot of people would expect. I it. You know, I mean, like, I didn't see any previews for it. I don't know how heavily mm-hmm. it was advertised. I know it did not do well. And even by, like, indie movie standards where this wasn't a huge budget, I know it's still yeah. kind of disappointing. And I'm curious why, because I don't know how it was sold. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious. Now I kind of want to see the poster for it. What's the poster for it? Um, the poster that shows up on IMG is the same as the the DVD cover. I don't know if you saw that. Or close to what the DVD cover looks like. Okay, that's actually... I remember this kind of getting into theaters. Um, I don't know if it was anywhere... It was around me. I think I was here. Yeah, I don't know if it was a wide release, but it definitely... I mean, with Nicole Kidman and with Park Chan-wook, it had enough, I think, of a appeal that they they put it out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know how this ever would have made money, really. It's not that kind of movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but that should not dissuade anybody from seeing it. Yeah, man, that should make you want to see it because movies that are that kind of movie aren't always great. Yeah, and I mean, this is just, it's such an original movie and done in a really fresh way where the story itself, if you really boil it down to plot points, isn't that, uh, you know, crazy or new, but the execution um, added with really, really strong performances um, and just an awesome look. Just really check it out. Yeah. Unlike our first movie, um, this movie doesn't suffer from too many things going on. Oh, no. There's, there's very few things going on. And yep. for me, um, in, a, in a wonderful way, like, we are very focused and it is very clear what this movie is about. Yep. Yep. Um, oh, and the boy, Whip, the boy in it that she has interactions with. He was also the lead in um, Beautiful Creatures. He had a really good year. I remember the boy. You remember the boy. That she had a really... That yeah. But why am I so confused? Whip. Oh, 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 right, right. You said boy, and I'm thinking, like, two-year-old. Uh, no, no, well, he, she wasn't, he wasn't a man. <laughs> well, he tried to do things that were manly. Well, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I'd never seen him before. See how I said man? And then all of a sudden, he was in two things I watched right in a row. So, he's stalking you is what it comes down to. Apparently. He's stalking you through movie choices. Huh. Oh, he's in that Blue Jasmine movie, which I have no interest in seeing. I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Yep, exactly. Oh, but uh, all right. So, should we rate it? Let's do it. Okay. Do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, you went first yeah. this time. So, yeah, go first, because I don't think I'd be surprising anybody. Okay, uh, my quality of film, I i mean, I was just in it. I would find a hard time, like, pulling out what didn't work for me. Uh, I just think this is a really well-made and freshly made movie. So quality of film, I am going to go 8.25. Awesome. Quality, I'm going to go, oh, God, 9.5? Sure. Oh man, I don't know. I get yeah, nine point five. Why not? Um, all right, quality of enjoyment of life. Of stuff. <laughs> I like how you Whatever say it different it. every time. <laughs> God. 
quality of thing and thing. Uh, I'm gonna go for that 8.5. I, mean, I just I enjoyed it from beginning to end. I definitely want to rewatch it. Uh, yeah. Ten. Cool. This is the perfect movie. This is my perfect movie. It was ripped out of your head. Um. Yeah. This is. Yeah. I, the more I see it, the more I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I look forward to watching it again. It'll be some time because I don't often rewatch movies easily because there's yeah. a lot of movies in the world, guys. Yeah, and there are a lot of things to watch. Including Olympic figure skating. It only happens every four years. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, but yeah, I, I do look forward to rewatching it. I think we're going to have a good time when we rewatch it. Me and my stoker. Me and it was, my stoker. My stoker it was good. And Yes, weirdo. <laughs> it's been a long day. I understand. There's a lot of snow outside, Christine. It's late for Emily right now, too. It's like almost 11 o'clock. I turn into a pumpkin pretty soon, I'll tell you. My cats are going to be like, why are you still awake? They're very confused. Uh, all right, so before we uh, tell you some things that are going to happen, do you have a Netflix instant recommendation? I do, but it's not a... Um, What's that word? Like we usually do. I don't. I lost my words too. <laughs> a movie? Yeah, it's not a movie. Okay, all right. <laughs> it's not. It's not what we usually do. You know. You know what I mean. Um, I haven't been watching a lot of movies for some reason. Um, I've been watching a television show that I think everyone should watch. What television show should everybody watch? It's called Call the Midwife. I know not of it. It's a BBC show. And it's narrated by Vanessa Redgrave. Ooh. Um, it's about midwives. Is it a drama? Comedy? It is a drama. Okay. It's a drama about, it's a drama full of loss and hope about human triumph. I'm not even fucking kidding. I cry every episode. Interesting. It's, I really like it. Call the midwife. It's, is I'm it, so taken by it this. Does it make show. you cry in ways where like it's, sad or you- it's sad and it's hopeful okay there's a lot of babies which i like okay it's classic human tales of struggle <laughs> All right. i'm such a pretentious asshole <laughs> i really i really think it's good though i i will take your word for it uh okay. i don't know if i'll check it out it, i don't know if it's appealing to me is it would it appeal to me I don't know. It's it's re- really good television. It's really well written. It's really interesting. The characters are interesting. Okay. Well, maybe I'll check out an episode and see where we go from there. Uh, okay. My Netflix instant recommendation is a horror film. Uh, <laughs> rec- it was actually covered on Night Living Podcast last week. And whenever they cover a movie in their straight-to-video stuff, then I know that usually they spoil it sometimes, so I wanted to watch it quickly. They actually didn't spoil it in their review, um, but I watched it anyway. And it is called Plus One. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard of it? Have you seen anything of it? No. Okay. I'm trying to think if I even... Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. It, um, you might have... Because a couple of... It popped up for me on, like, instant recommendations. It is an IFC release. And they do... I forget what else they put out, but they put out... I know IFC sometimes kind of gets their hooks in, like, good horror movies. So yeah. Uh, and it's directed by the guy who did um, the Last House on the Left remake. Okay, which I didn't like. hate. Yeah, I thought yeah. for I mean for remaking a movie that really shouldn't be remade by a studio, I thought he did a good job as you could. Um, but this movie, what I I was drawn to it because it has a really great concept, which mm-hmm. is um, 
basically it's like a big college party and there are doppelgangers. Mm-hmm. And there are many movies made today with doppelgangers. That's true. Um, and so this, uh, it kind of felt like they basically used a sort of um, setting that was a re- really easy appeal because it's a college party and it's all college kids and Hannah's stepsister from Pretty Little Liars was in it and she's naked. Really? Yeah. Um, and essentially it's Can't Hardly Wait, but with doppelgangers. Awesome. Yeah. So that's really the summary of the movie. You can't hardly wait with doppelgangers. Uh, but, and it wasn't, I was, I don't know. I don't know how I felt about the ending, um, but it was cool and it was different. And I really appreciate somebody kind of in the guise of a standard horror movie, tackling something that really isn't often done in horror movies. Mm-hmm. So for that alone, I recommend this as something different and fresh. Huh. All right. That actually sounds pretty good. I think you would find it interesting. All right. I'll, I'll cue it up. Cue it indeed. Um, yeah. so Is it scary? Sometimes. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. No, sometimes it is. Let me add it right now. Um, it it has, actually sounds really interesting. Yeah, it has a really... I like the tone it gets, too, because some of it's 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 funny. A lot of it's really funny. Um, some of the actors are really good. Like, some of like the younger actors are just really good, I think. Yeah. Um, but it, like, it... It gets really dark. I have seen the cover of this. Yeah. It, okay. It, yeah, it, it's it, been added. It's very, um, it, it's much better than its competition, I think, in this sector of, like, teen horror movies. Awesome. So I want to hear your thoughts on it. And that goes for listeners, too. I want to hear what you think. Yeah, me too, man. All right, so what are we going to do next time? Hey, I actually remembered this do time. You? Do you? Wanna yeah. Do, should we do, let's do the music for it. What's the music for it? Oh, I'm not doing that. Okay, well, good. Uh, we're doing Batman. <laughs> we're doing. Uh, we're doing Tim Burton's doing Batman, Batman. And we're doing Batman Begins, right? We said Batman yep, Begins. We're, we're doing the beginnings of Batman. <laughs> the two Batman beginning. Two Batman beginning. I have never seen Tim Burton's movie. I, that is shocking to me because we have so many youthful parallels when it comes to things we've seen. Yep. Really. Um, really shocking yeah try telling that to your uh uh like batman obsessed fiance fiance yeah he yeah. probably he probably almost broke things off i'm surprised well, you managed to keep things together well the part of why we managed to keep it together i think was because I, I got him the blu-ray for his birthday did you get him the one with all four on it no because i knew he'd get really mad if he about batman blu-ray. yeah i uh-huh. thought about getting that one because it was almost the same price and like we could like you know kind of ceremoniously break the schumacher ones Mm-hmm. But I really don't think that would have made up for the fact that, like, that meant that was in our apartment. I think he would have just been too mad. That's so, the one I bought. The one with all four. With all four. Okay. Yeah. No, you, yeah. You, you might have made the right decision on that I, one. I mean, I think that was saving my relationship more than, you know. Uh, but, yeah, when I, because then when he realized I had never seen it, it was just quiet in the apartment for, like, five minutes. It was weird. He just looked at me. And I'm like. That's really funny. No, I'm like, you know, I mean, I think I've seen bits of it, but I've just never sat down and watched it. And he just was still, like, not blinking. It was kind of creepy. Yeah. But no, I just never sat down and watched it. That's awesome. (laughs) I'm glad uh, that... I can't wait to hear your thoughts. I'm really intrigued. Um, And Batman Begins, I I have seen, and I look forward to seeing again. Mm. Especially now in... I watched... I rewatched Batman Begins kind of right before the third one came out. So I look forward to seeing it kind of in context with all of them. Yeah. Uh, so, if you would like to get in touch with us, folks, just come to Facebook. 
Yeah, come on. We're there. Yeah. I mean, I'm you, the, I'm, you know what? Honestly, I'm there right now. Whoa. I'm not, because otherwise you hear the little sound effect. Yeah, that's true. If you hear it, that's why. Yeah, well, it happened on me before. I don't know how to turn that off. Is there a way? I'm not sure. Hi. I'm too lazy. That's probably an update that it will make everybody angry. Ugh. People of the world. All right. Well, um, in on those terms, uh, I'm going to watch some not Olympic figure skating, because there's no Olympic figure skating on tonight. So I guess we'll have to watch skating. Uh, I'm going to watch plus one. Yay! Who will win? find out when next we talk and christine tells us what she thought about plus one okay Indeed. <laughs> all right good night folks oh uh, bye guys and nicole kidman